following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radio Land for the Home Office in Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you for tuning in, downloading, streaming, whatever it is that you do to grab this program. Episode number 332 is here. <laughs> Whatever it means. Uh, it's, uh, it's a Sunday. It's the, uh, it's the 21st of June. It is Father's Day. This is the date of production of this episode. Depending on when you are uh, hearing it, uh, your mileage may vary. Uh, it may be a Monday. It may be a Thursday. Who knows? <clears throat> we thank you for doing so nonetheless. <clears throat> I, uh, I'm excited to uh, lay on to you a little bit of news uh, from, uh, uh, from the world of Pirate Radio Studios uh, and our Studio A and uh, some, some of the other stuff that we've been working on. Um, uh, we have a show that is coming. It's a brand new show coming to YouTube. Yeah. It is nothing like this program at all. Absolutely. First of all, it's short. <laughs> it's like... I don't know. It's like, I think the longest episode is, or the longest episode is like 12 minutes, I think, or something like that. I mean, they're all pretty short, like six, seven minutes, average, eight, maybe eight minutes. It's a show called Drinking with Dead People. We've been talking about it for a little while. And uh, I'm excited to tell you that uh, uh, we have creased the halfway point in production. <clears throat> yes. Uh, which there's going to be like 13 episodes for the first season to see how this kind of floats along. And hopefully it'll it'll do well. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but the tra- there's a trailer for this thing. Yes. The trailer drops <clears throat> at around midnight. <laughs> like it's a big deal. <laughs> it's like, Oh, it's a big deal. Oh, look out. It's this, it's, it's the weird guy. He's got some type of video thing. He's going to drop it. Oh, look out. Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's clever, but it's, uh, it's coming up around midnight. Uh, Monday morning, mm, mm-hmm. Central Time, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe before then. I don't know yet. Just to, to find it, you'll have to go to YouTube and search "drinking with dead people," and you'll see it. It's it you kind of a kind of an idea of what the show's about, and it's it's uh, it's it's a it's a historic bent. It's uh, interesting stuff. It's some uh, some we'll 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 meet people. They'll be dead, of course, but we'll be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be meeting him. Trying to describe this show has been sort of uh, I don't know silly uh, in in an aspect way of some sort, but it's been uh, it's been something I've been wanting to do for a while, and uh, I've been uh, fortunate enough to be in a position to do this. And it all started uh, with a um, uh, with one with it was, before drinking with dead people even happened. There was a, a trip that my wife and I had taken down to Mississippi and uh, we visited a rather famous grave and um, there was whiskey involved. And, and of course that gave rise to what the show is. So, so yeah, you'll, you'll learn a lot more about that. If you, if you, if, if, and you'll subscribe to it, as they say in YouTube world, uh, YouTube land, TV land, uh, you'll want to uh, uh, like the page and subscribe to it because when the episodes come up, you'll be notified when they show up. And I'm not going to pull any wool over your eyes either. The like and the subscribe thing, uh, will, will help will help a brother out because that's that's how that's how the monetization thing works in YouTube. Hey, I'm I'm in it for the money, man. I you know I'm not going to lie to you. 
uh, it's all about, <clears throat> well, I'm having a good time, but if I'm going to have a good time doing it, I might as well get paid, right? Isn't that sort of the idea here? So if you would, uh, head on over there and uh, give that a look. Um, it will be live by midnight, Monday, the 22nd of June, which would be early Monday morning, the end of Sunday night, later on tonight. How, how about how about them apples? So you got that going for you. Um, so there. Um, yeah, I'm not going to elaborate anymore on that. We'll see. It, it may be too dumb. Uh, it may not do very well at all. You guys may like it. I don't know. You may hate it. I don't care. I'm going to do it by God, because I've got, you know, I've got a dozen episodes. We're going to get out there. Actually, it's about 13, but, uh, still, uh, we're going to, we're going to get them going and get them all out there for you. So, so there, I know it's like any other, it's like any one of these types of shows. And I've, I've, I've learned this and, you know, having been in television for a long time <clears throat> in various aspects, when you, when you put on any type of show, whether it's television or video or, or radio shows, or even something like this, they evolve, they change. And in the, in the world of YouTube, it happens much quicker. So, uh, the first two, three episodes are kind of weird. They, they felt, they felt, and then we started making changes along the way as you do. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> it's gotten to the point now where they feel pretty comfortable. So, you know, if you would please give us a chance, it's, um, there's something fun, something different. If you like, uh, if you like cemeteries, you'll like this. I can tell you that it'll be fun. That it will be. Right. Uh, coming up on this episode from Radioland, though, something a little uh, more down to earth as, as we will, as we tend to do. We've been talking about the pandemic here of late and how it's affecting everything. We've talked a bunch about protests. We've talked a bunch about the pandemic. And there's a new thing that has happened now here in Memphis that is uh, affecting the world of entertainment. And how is it going to affect everybody? Yes. And there is some rather weird, disheartening news in the midst of all of this. So we'll get to that as we get into episode 332, you're listening to it right here from Radioland. Don't go away. Wizards is corona-free and is your headquarters for your essential quarantine supplies. Their viral sale is happening right now with deals throughout the store. Get some sage to chase away the bad stuff. Incense, woodwick candles, decorative fans, and things to keep you busy while you're stuck at home. T-shirts, bandanas, hats, and more on sale right now. CBD, Kratom products, and personal cleansers for that job interview. Open 10 to 10 every day at 1999 Madison Avenue in Midtown or get it all delivered when you order online at wizardsmemphis.com. Wizards, because it's still smoking. You must be 18 or older to buy smoking-related products. As the country begins to reopen from the COVID-19 pandemic, I, I, it was never really closed, uh, the, to be fair. I mean, let's be honest here. We never really shut anything down. It was left on a state-by-state -state deal, um, a gubernatorial decision, if you will, as was the reopening. And then there was the whole thing about people being cautious and people taking, you know, you and I, John Q. Public, were taking our uh, taking our ideas and, and what we were going to do with it on our own pace. Trying to get the, the straight word out as to what was going on. That's what, that's what uh, uh, LJ and I have been doing on um, the morning show at Radio Memphis. Radio-Memphis.com. 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. <laughs> Uh, it sounded really smarmy, but hey, nevertheless, uh, we've, we've, we stayed on the air throughout all this because we wanted to make sure that, uh, that information was being brought forth. You know, we don't typically swim in, uh, heavy news waters. Those we, we leave that to the, the actual professionals that do that. Our, our friends over at feature story or the BBC or, or the network stuff here, or the, the major journalistic newspapers here in this country. And we, we just, we just kind of. 
Uh, we just kind of, we, we tell you what they're talking about. And it's up to you guys to figure out whether it is you want to go with it or not with the information. And, you know, we got to remember this. We first started hearing about this thing in <clears throat> January, maybe before then. Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was in December, I think it was. When we started hearing about this, this mystery illness that was coming out of China uh, at the time. And it and it became a and it became a problem. It became a, a a big point of fear, you know. And we and and I'll be fair with you on this too. We we made jokes about it, you know. We we did that because we didn't think like in like a lot of people in this country at the time. We didn't think that this was going to turn into anything massive. My thought was, you know, hey, it looks like there's this thing that's happening in in China in the Hubei province in Wuhan. And uh, there were people that were getting sick. And then we were kind of watching what the, what the Chinese government was saying, what the, what the World Health Organization was saying about it. Because let's, 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 let's keep this in mind. As Americans, we, we, seem, to, we seem to put ourselves in a position where we, we live in a bubble, you know? We have a very isolated look at ourselves. Although we're not necessarily isolationists, we sort of feel that way. And there's there's a, there's a lot of reason for that, I, I suppose. Uh, some of it good or bad, I, it doesn't really matter. But the idea here that it was like, oh, it'll never be a thing here. I mean, you know, we always, you know, you hear like, God, what, several years ago, six, seven years ago, you heard stories about Ebola in Africa. And this is a, you know, for, for those of us, the rest of us here in the United States, it seems like such a far-flung place. It's an exotic locale. I'd love to go there. I've got a friend who has been, and she she just, she talks about how wonderful it is there. And I'd love to go, perhaps someday. But when you hear about things like Ebola, and it's the bleeding from the eyeballs and the, all, the, all the horrific things that you're hearing about it and the people that are freaked out and scared and terrified of it. That's a thing, okay? But not once did we ever think that it would be an issue here, and it never really was. Uh, I think at one point there were a couple of Americans that had uh, been in Africa and had contracted it, and they were brought home uh, to get some medical care, but at the same time it was for them to be studied like guinea pigs that they were to understand a little bit more about Ebola. And then ultimately uh, there were some eradication protocols that were put into, put into play. And those places in Africa had gotten a grip on it very quickly and it stayed contained to that region of Africa. I want to say it was like sort of in the central Eastern part of the continent. And then along comes COVID, COVID-19 discovered, I guess, officially December 31st of 2019. I think it's when they gave it the name, uh, but it was a, you know, it was, it is, it's a coronavirus. It's the, what they call a novel coronavirus being new. And they didn't know exactly where it was coming from, but there was a bunch of people in one particular area of China that were getting sick. So epidemiologists being what they are, people who study epidemics, began to figure out that it was, they, they had suspected fairly quickly that it was coming from uh, various wet markets in, in uh, Wuhan. Wet markets being like a farmer's market where you can go and buy, buy foodstuffs, other things. 
And in China, they tend to have, well, have very vastly different culinary tastes than the West. And there were some questionable things that may have been sold and served and blah, and now you have this thing. But they didn't know then just how contagious this disease was at the time. And next thing you know, it's spreading across Europe. And then it's spreading across the United States. And it was, and it happened so quickly. And the response, as political as it had become, which I don't agree with, why, why it became political in the first place is a matter of conjecture, I'm sure. But it should never have done that. And that was a problem because look what happened. <clears throat> Here we are uh, toward the end of June of 2020. We are, you know, six what over six months in six and a half months in and we are looking at what over 120,000 Americans that have perished from this nothing was ever really closed nothing was ever really shut down per se aside from on the municipal levels and maybe on a statewide level and then almost immediately within about three four five weeks it was like okay it's time to reopen now we've had enough it was as it was as if somebody had said you know what? Americans don't like to be contained. They're right. Americans don't. But then it got politicized. And this was the problem. And the major movement behind that was social media. Which is like the most fertile ground for fake news. <laughs> it's like it's everywhere. And nobody ever considers the sources. And now it had come down to hey, you know, maybe we ought to do things to protect ourselves, you know, like wear a mask. And that has become this massive battleground. It's it's crazy. There are people that are, that are willing to stick a, a loaded firearm into somebody else's face or shoot them because they were wearing a mask or they're because they were not wearing a mask. And it was all based in fear. That's, that's the whole thing. It was all, it was all entirely in fear. And, and, of course, politics because, you know, it's politics. That's, way, that's the way it works. And so various uh, states and communities have, after their time, um, hunkered down. They felt that it was enough. The numbers appeared to be dropping off a little bit. So fine, fuck it. Let's go. Let's reopen everything. Let's get everything back to business because we'd lost all these jobs and we have to get the economy back. And it has to happen now. And it had to happen so quickly. And, and the point being now of the, of the relevancy of it, because the guy that's running for a second term in the White House the only thing he had going for him was his economy, and that's been wrecked. It's been, well, he had inherited a good one going in, but now he's just, it's, it's trashed. It's ridiculous. Many, many doctors and uh, uh, economists from around the world have all said the same thing, that if, if everybody had just shut up for like six weeks, okay, that's a month and a half, if we stopped everything for six weeks, this would all be behind us for the most part. But no, 120, over 120,000 Americans, I'm just talking about America right now, North America, the United States of, 121, 22,000, something like that have passed. And just in those areas where we saw that these numbers were starting to, to, to drift down, they thought, okay, we're behind the curve now. So it seemed like it was cool. Florida was high on that list. And then came Memorial Day, and they didn't want to lose the revenue by keeping the beaches closed, so they opened up the beaches. Now, Florida is the epicenter of what they, what some may say is the second wave. It is not. It's still the first wave. They haven't put it behind us yet. 4,000 deaths, was it yesterday in Florida? 
In one state, in Florida, 4,000 people died. Americans, presumably. Arizona, huh, spiking over there. Texas, spiking there. Louisiana, having some issues. Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee. What do these states have in common? <laughs> well, they're Southern. Uh, what does this mean? That means these governors were hell-bent on reopening everything, and now this this disease, it doesn't give a shit about your economy. It doesn't give a shit about what color you are. It doesn't give a shit about how big you are or small you are. It doesn't care what color your eyes are. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. I personally know of about six people that have it. Seven, including the one that I do know that died from it. So, yes. And now there's this whole conspiracy back there. Oh, it doesn't exist. It's it's fake. It's just, it's control. No, no, it's not. 110, 115 years ago, we went through this with the Spanish flu, the end of the First World War. That was a devastating, devastating pandemic. Oh, it was awful. More Americans died from Spanish flu than they did fighting in the First World War to begin with. And just when they thought everything was great and groovy on long, and they all went to party and, and have their time like we're doing now, along comes the second wave, and it was worse than the first. Oh, it was bad. And you look at what's happening now and you think, well, we're better than this. Well, yeah, I'd like to think we are. I think we are better than this. We've got, we're, we're, the, we're like way up there with what's going on in, in, in medical technology and what we know about disease and how to treat it. <clears throat> Apparently not because it's turned into this strange cartoony thing that has real life or death circumstances that flow with it that's a problem that's another problem that's going on now back to the reopening because that's where it is so everybody kind of they, they used everybody's playbook but it was there was a four phase deal right phase one would be the phase one of reopening which was on average uh, a restaurant could reopen i'm going to use restaurants as an example because it seemed to be the hot the hotbed of a lot of this Restaurants could reopen as long as they limited the capacity of the people that were within there to 50%. Some were less, uh, but most of them were at 50%. There had to have been social distancing uh, standards set aside inside the restaurant, which meant that the, the tables had to be at least six feet apart, if not more. Uh, disposable menus, uh, constant cleaning, servers wearing masks and gloves, uh, as minimal contact as possible with customers who wanted to brave it and go out, which some did. Most still haven't. A lot of restaurants, a lot of restaurant owners that I know here in Memphis are still hanging back. They're doing the carryout. They're doing that, but the rest, they're not opening up their dining rooms. They're, they're waiting for, they're waiting for either for a vaccine or for this, for the all clear. So at any rate, phase one. That would to last. That was to last for like two weeks, and during that time, they would be monitoring closely the numbers of people that would become sick. Because how would you determine this through testing? Well, there's a problem with the testing, and that problem is that about thirty percent, thirty to forty percent, roughly. So say let's split the middle. Thirty-five percent of the tests appear to be inaccurate. False negatives being the big problem. False positive is one thing, but false negative, that's bad. Because if it's a false negative during a highly contagious outbreak of this, this sort of thing, then you've got what are called super spreaders. They don't know they're sick. They've been told they're not. It's a problem, so they keep going out. The whole thing's a problem. 
uh, several of the people I know that have contracted COVID-19 tested negative. Yeah, that's kind of frightening. But still, we soldiered on, and a lot of it had to do with this last-second decision by a lot of mayors after their governors had put the hammer down onto these cities and said, you're going to reopen by God. And even the staunch uh, uh, the staunch holdouts, the ones that were really looking out for the safety of their citizenry, had said, like, well, why, why, what's, the, what's the rush? Why are we doing this? What's the economy? Why, what's, what's the big deal? What's the incentive? I'll cut you a check from the government for $115 million if we open you up. Well, pardon. That changes a lot of things. $115 million bucks is a lot of money. You can use it for infrastructure. You can do all sorts of kind of stuff, but you got to open it up. You got to get that tax revenue flowing again, or, hey, you know, we're going to be in a bad shape. Listen, kids, we're in a bad shape. Economically, financially, this country has hit a big-time recession. It's the worst recession in the history of this country since the 30s. You could call it a depression, perhaps. Although it's different now because of the gig economy and the things that are happening, and there's still some some wheels in in motion, pardon. But there, there it is. All right, so phase two opens. Now, in the city of Memphis, phase two was really no more than different than phase one, aside from a couple of other businesses that were allowed to open. And it was designed to run like three weeks, which seems smarter, to be honest with you, because the reason being is that the incubation period of COVID-19 on average is 10 to 14 days. So that should give us an idea of what's going on. And with whatever contact tracing they were attempting to to establish at the time, that would be a thing. They'd opened up testing, but only for those that showed symptoms. Well, that (laughs) that was a whole different animal. But you're also forcing people into the mill of a flawed testing program, which also created another yet, what's the word, problem. Even though numbers were going up a little bit, it was decided by the city council, the city of Memphis and the mayor's office to be like, you know what? We still have the hospital capacity to hang on. We'll be okay. Let's continue on to phase three. Which is what happened. But they altered it. Instead of upping restaurants from 50% to 75%, they kept the restaurants at 50% but began opening up nail salons, hair salons, uh, gyms, uh, other places of business that weren't picked up before. Ooh, howdy. And then would come phase four, which we're not there yet, but phase four would be your movie theaters, your venues, your larger events, still some social distancing, wearing of a mask, all of that. But it got convoluted. It got twisted here in Memphis, and it put us all in a really bizarre position. It'd be easy to say that about 75 to 80% of the economy of the city of Memphis is derived from tourism. The city of Memphis has written off the year of 2020. I know that to be a fact. The tourism board has said, yeah, this year's done. We may be able to salvage it by the holidays, maybe, I don't know, but the summer's wiped out. Musicians were really the ones that were really hurting bad. And they did what what they knew how to do. They performed online. They kept going. They somehow... We're able to, you know, make a couple of bucks, get some of that paycheck protection money, get some of that grant money for artists. They were able to do that. They're holding in there. And then and then automatically, just as if it was just slid in right before phase three, when phase two was being extended for another week, 
it was decided that venues, bars, okay, that's what I mean by venues here. Now, I'm not talking like gigantic like basketball venues. I'm talking about like bars. I mean, we have a ton of them here. But the musicians were now allowed to go in and play as long as they could maintain a 15-foot distance between the front row and the stage. And then everybody wore a mask, which became a laugher. Except for the artists, of course, who can't sing with a mask on very well, although I'm sure some have tried. And then there were all these that opened up, and these musicians were going out there, but yet there was, a, there was an interesting kind of debate that occurred amongst musicians themselves, amongst the artists, where they had said, man, this is too soon. This is too soon for all of us. <clears throat> this, is, uh, this is, I don't know. I need the money. I don't have a choice because this is how I make my living. And then there were some that said, fuck this. I'm too old to worry about getting COVID. In other words, if I get it, it will kill me. I'm going to stay home. So that's that's happened. That is happening. And there are some artists out there that are working and whatnot. And and uh, one of the big clubs here in town, a place that I that I was working <clears throat> Before the uh, before the pandemic set in, um, uh, in Midtown, they were they were running like a you know thirty acts a month through there, and you know that's all well and good, but there was a problem. Now they've had they've they internally problem is the key word of this show. the The problem was is that they really couldn't in good faith open up that. Uh, entertainment schedule back to 30 acts a week a month it's just that's just too much so they cut that in half and let, left it down to 15 left that uh, 15 a month i think it is last i checked that's why i'm not naming them but uh i mean between between that schedule plus all of the cleaning all of the social distancing all of the differences of the way that it was you know, during phase one and phase two are still in place. Made things even more difficult. And these artists are like, why is, why is nobody showing up? And well, there's some that are, I mean, to be fair, there are some clubs that are, that are pulling in a, 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 you know, a few folks, but it's not like it was, I don't know that it ever will be like it, what it was. I mean, still it's, it's, it's a pandemic going on. And there are people who like to go out have a few beers, have some cocktails, have a snack, enjoy the band, be entertained, because that's what you do. And there's this fear, like, well, okay, we've we've taken it all the way down to this uh, legally. What's what's the holdup? And the holdup being quite simply is that you can't make the public show up. But there's a very loud minority of folks who are against all of this. And I just saw this story today about how there are people, I'll let you guess the political affiliation, of this substandard of, of people who are so bent out of shape about all of this that what they are doing now is they're burning their masks. They don't like the orders that have been put out about, you know, don't come in here without a mask. They believe masks do not prevent the spread of COVID. (laughs) 
because they're anti-science. They've always been. And so it's a new thing. It's a new challenge in social media of people videotaping themselves, burning their masks. What is this? Are you burning your goddamn draft card to stay out of Vietnam? What? What is? The, what are you doing? Were there people that were burning shirts when all of a sudden restaurants figured out that you had to have a shirt to get into the restaurant? <clears throat> were there people that were burning their shoes for the same reason? Oh, we just can't have a mask. That's just wrong. Because this is all a hoax. No, there's a bunch of dead people that would argue with you with you on that. Don't you think? And I'm not trying to be morose here, but I'm, I'm also trying to explain to you what the situation is. Now we're seeing the spike. We haven't gotten to fall. We're just now starting summer officially. As of what was the first day of summer, Saturday, yesterday, the 20th. That's the first day of summer. And we're starting to see these numbers go back up again. 400 people tested positive in the city of Memphis yesterday on Saturday. 400 people. We've been averaging about 100 and, 100 and anywhere from 125 to 150, somewhere in there. Maybe 130. 400 people on Saturday tested positive. It's a lot of people. Are the hospitals going to handle it? I don't know. Nobody's talking about that. Because I'm telling you right now, sure as shit, I'm not, I, I, I don't trust anything coming out of the uh, local news outfits, any one of them. They're, they're, it's like they're on an, a weird sort of strange agenda. Uh, the local television news, you know, your evening news. Good evening. Now, here's every reason why it's not. These guys, I don't, I, I don't know what's going on. It's as if the, it's as if the books are getting cooked. Because on one end, you know, you see one set of numbers and you go, wow, look at that. They've gone way up. You hear from other people that, oh, my God, look at that. They're really up. And then you got these other people that go, oh, no, it's down. What the fuck are you talking about? And it goes back to a phrase that was uttered by the president of the United States of America last week where he said, well, the numbers wouldn't be so high if we didn't test so much. So... <laughs> By that logic, if we just stopped testing, we wouldn't have any numbers, right? We would just be people that would be dying from some, I don't know, some respiratory ailment. And these medical workers are trying their best to figure it out as well. There are a few, there's a few bright spots along the way, of course. They found that a, the use of a simple steroid, dexamethasone, I think is what it's called, it seems to be working as a great treatment opportunity for those that are afflicted with it. I don't want to find out, to be honest with you. I really don't. And um, it's 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 kind of it's kind of spooky. It's kind of scary. I don't know what necessarily to make out of all of this. My gut tells me I'm not going out. This is, I don't know. I kind of feel that way. You know, the shows that the, that I was doing before. I mean, if I got the call say, "Hey, Rick, we need you to come back," I don't know that I would. And I don't know. I I, I really don't know. My wife works in the restaurant industry. She's been working every day. So, I mean, granted, she's healthy, knock on wood. And maybe, maybe it's, I don't know if it's luck. I don't know what, I don't know. I don't know. Do I want to let my guard down? No, I don't. So, I. it's, it's, um, see, I'm looking at something right now. 
One headline says, regarding the state of Wisconsin, no new COVID-19 deaths reported Sunday by DHS, 280 new patients. And then another one says, Milwaukee now has worst COVID-19 outbreak in Wisconsin. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's so much conflicted stuff out there because the CDC has been neutered, as has the World Health Organization, the National Institutes of Health. I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what, what's going on. I have more questions than I have answers, and that's unfortunately how this episode is going to have to end up because, like I said, I just don't know. The Broom Closet is your one-stop shop for all of your metaphysical supplies and gifts. We stock candles, herbs, gemstones, incense, salt lamps, and more. We also host monthly rituals and events for those looking to get together with like-minded people. And The Broom Closet is the only place you can get your cards read by me, Reverend Emily. I'm an ordained Wiccan minister and Reiki master. Book your next tarot reading and see what's in the cards for you. Discover conscious living and being connected to an awesome community. The Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop is located in downtown Memphis or visit our online store at thebroomclosetmemphis.com. The Broom Closet, where magic begins. Social distancing slows the spread of coronavirus, so we should all stay home to lower the risk for everyone. More info at coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part, because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radioland with Rick Cheddar. This bears an interesting question. Just how much more of the toxicity are you willing to take in social media? (laughs) It's a dumb question, I know, because uh, so, so many of you are so content and just say, well, it's just what it is. Uh, I'm going to contribute because that's me, that's me. I love telling the lies on the on the Facebook because it gets people upset. This is part of the problem. <laughs> it was never designed for any of this. None of it. This is not what this is for. This was supposed to be about, hey, how you doing? We're going to go meet for chicken and beer later. Want to come join us? No, it's not. It's about, you know, hey, look at my butt. You know, it's um, or don't believe what you're don't don't believe the man running for the president because he's a lying bastard. Don't believe the president because he's a lying bastard. You're all you're all doomed to die. This is what social media has turned into. And, and it's it's not fun anymore. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com to download episodes to your mobile device. Search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, Pocket Cast or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. Uh, maybe. <laughs> it could change at any, at any point. At any point in time. As a reminder, as I talked about at the beginning of the program, uh, Drinking with Dead People is coming very, very, very soon to a YouTube channel near you. You can find it by going to YouTube, searching Drinking with Dead People. And uh, when you find it, uh, starting uh, Monday... In the wee hours of the Monday morning, there'll be a trailer for the upcoming series of shows. It's a history-bent type of thing. There's a lot of history here in Memphis, and the dead people have a lot of stories to tell. And I've sort of been de facto chosen to tell those stories, I guess. I don't know. I'm going to make it all up as we go along. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fun. So, at any rate, uh, there, is, uh, there, is, there is that. We've got some more YouTube fun uh, happening along the way, too. So, also, those of you uh, that are looking for the booze and blues, as we usually do on Sunday nights at uh, 8 p.m. Central Time at Radio-Memphis.com, uh, no one in the studio yet again for obvious reasons, uh, but there will be blues music for you to listen to, celebrating a little bit of the birthday of John Lee Hooker. So there'll be some Hooker music happening this evening. Yes! How about... How, well, that sounded almost sinister. Yes! And then Monday, of course, tomorrow, 
it is uh, LJ and I, Radio Memphis in the morning, starting at 9 a.m. right uh, right there at uh, radio-memphis.com. That's where you can find us. So, uh, so, uh, so there you go. I'm gonna go. I'm I'm done. I'm uh, for this time out. Uh, it's it seems sort of weird to have to say that we all have to be told to wash our hands and be told to wear a mask and be told to wipe our ass with toilet paper and to be told to be cool to everybody and, and just respect the distance you know don't crowd don't crowd anybody slow down a little bit if you got to be out if you can stay home stay the fuck at home right but do this too take care of yourselves take care of one another and for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For bookings and other inquiries, you can write the show by sending an email to Radioland at PirateRadioStudios.com. For more, go to Radio-Memphis.com. 